0: Hello and uh, welcome. This is the the first episode of the Indie True Crimes podcast. I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Shannon, who you know her from uh, Men and Women Talk, The Martina Show. You know her from her own program, A Set Apart Woman. How are you doing, Shannon?
1: I'm good. Happy Wednesday to you. How are you?
0: I'm really good. I'm really good. I'm happy. Uh, I had a very long day. Um, the reason why I had to leave just a minute ago was because I parked in my neighbor's uh, driveway because I had to run and use the bathroom and I forgot to pull my car out. Thank God uh, he called, you know, right before the show. So I was able to to, to get my car out of his driveway. So he's real cool. Uh, But I'm here and I'm happy to be here. And we have, uh, we are very blessed. Um, We have an author. We have a musician. We have a filmmaker and an activist on our program tonight. This brother, I'm gonna, uh, after we say hello, I'm gonna go into how I've come to learn about this brother, but uh, welcome to the program, brother Dwayne Hendricks. How you doing Dwayne? Uh Uh-oh, did we
2: leave? I'm outstanding, how y'all doing?
0: Excellent. Um, Now, let me say this, um, before we get into, how uh you know, before we get into exactly who you are and whatnot, um, people who know me know that uh lately I've been talking about this podcast called Atlanta Monster, right? Uh because I've been following this case for a long time about uh the Atlanta child murders. And um during this podcast, the I would say the number one standout in the podcast was this brother right here. Um uh, yeah. And I felt like when I saw this brother on the show, uh, I felt like when I, uh, uh-oh. Uh, I went, yeah, we're not taking uh, questions just yet. Uh, when I saw this brother on, on the, or heard this brother on the podcast, I thought a couple of things. I thought, you know, you could tell that he really had more substance than most of the other people that were on this program. And also, I felt like he had way more to say and he was given an opportunity in this platform. So um, I want to start off, uh, Brother Duane. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us some background into who you are.
2: Okay. Can y'all hear me? Yes.
0: Yes. I think there's a delay or something. Okay.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My
3: name is Duane.
2: I'm
0: sorry. Uh, No, I think there's a little delay, but go ahead. You're you're good. uh oh. Uh -oh. All right, go ahead. All right, Uh, we're having a little technical difficulties. Uh, Just come back in, Dwayne, and you should be good to go.
1: All right. Turnout tonight?
0: Yeah, it's a great turnout. How how's everybody doing, Uh, Dwayne? just come back in and you we should be good to go. But um, while we're waiting for Dwayne, um, of course, you can follow me at Kente F on Twitter, Kente Ferguson on Instagram. And, of course, our website is IndyRadio.org, IndyRadio.org. Shannon, how can we get you?
1: Um, well, I don't have the lovely notations on my screen like you do. I'm not that fancy so ig facebook twitter shannon ford like the president hyper jefferson like the president
0: all right all right so um also uh for those who may not know we have a, a programs that we do every monday uh, called uh, men and women talk to marfina show where we talk about relationships and uh through the lens of of uh male and female uh interaction uh not really a debate we don't really debate it's more a, a friendly conversation between men and women.
1: We fight all the time. Don't play. Don't be trying to sugarcoat these folks.
0: Well, I got sugarcoat just a little bit, just just a little bit. So uh, as we wait for Dwayne to come back in, I don't know what happened. You might you might want to uh, refresh Dwayne. Um, so uh, I want to uh, let's recognize people in the chat room. You want to do that? Oh, this
1: I might not see everybody. Let me please pull scroll down. Mm-hmm. So I see D, Anthony Davis, uh, and I accidentally clicked on his picture, so now it's showing me his face. Oops. Mm-hmm. Um, Dwayne, who is trying to get back in the box, Ebony, Yolinda, Big Bad Brad, Lady Love, Dre, Kuulo. I hope I said that right. If I didn't, I apologize. Michael, I got to throw it. Tiffany, aka Trap Nizzle, Ronnie, E, Luke, Steve, So So, Steph, and Defining. (laughs) I I hear you, Anthony. I'll click on it later.
3: Uh,
0: Okay. Thank you for that.
1: Defining,
0: All right. Um All right. OK. So we're having, you got to love these technical difficulties. Um, uh, tell us about your, your show. Are, are you going to be on this Sunday? Oh,
1: I need to, because I really need to finish off that series. But I am trying to get some things together in my life. Like I told you, I was applying to grad school. I got to finish my video interview. Um. So once mm. I finish that this week, then yeah, probably. We'll see. Might be Sunday. Mm. So I can get that done. It's the last Sunday of September, so I might as well just get out of the way. It's under what? Live video?
4: So
0: Netflix? um Um So uh let me let me ask you this. Uh how did you um, how is your book coming along? Because I know you are working on that. Ah,
1: I'm so excited. Um well I submitted my one sheet, which is more like two sheets of minor corrections from our meeting on Saturday and I'm just waiting for my next book um it's the, called the Beta book, and it's more so editing on formatting, so I'm really excited. It's the best part. I can't hear you
0: um yeah, sorry about that I was a uh... We're he trying to, with, uh, trying what... to keep going so let, let's uh while we're having these technical difficulties, you gotta love live radio. Oh wait, here we go. All right, I was gonna have to tell some knock knock jokes. And I
1: was like, you want uh, to read some poetry? I mean, I could
0: find a book. Yeah. So okay, we got Dwayne back. uh I, I I apologize, people. It happens with the live radio and video. Um. So y'all don't have to listen to my uh my knock-knock jokes now. So, all right, welcome back, man. <laughs> all right, let's welcome take it to the point.
2: Matrix Neo. <laughs> right,
0: right, right, right. All right, so you were telling us, give us some background about yourself.
2: Okay. So, as you know now, my name is Dwayne Hendricks. Um uh not to get too too far okay. into my whole bio, but how I uh I guess Ended up being a person that what you would consider to be a or whatever people want to label me as is I actually was in the military. I uh, held a top secret SCI clearance in the military. It's one of the highest clearances that you can get, um, especially at the rank that I was in the military. I went into the military with my education with a top secret clearance. And um I kind of was exposed to a whole lot uh and what I was doing on a day-to-day basis was always different from what was being reported on the <laughs> I can't talk too much about, you know, my job in the military because they could still come arrest me if I say the wrong things. But um I'll say that's kind of like what introduced me into a person to to become this person that the world knows today. So um, I ended up, you know, um, being involved in this Freedom Project. It was always something that I knew wasn't right from the time that I was six years old. I actually uh, said when I was a kid that they lying on that man. I told my grandma, I said, they lying on that man. He didn't do that help him get out of jail and those was my exact words when I was six years old and lo and behold in 2013 Wayne Williams is at Hancock State Prison with a guy that I had been friends with since I was in the first grade and basically he told me that Wayne had learned about who I was and that he wanted me to film and um um
0: for those who may not know uh to give us uh tell, let's talk about the the case and who, can you hear me? Hello, can you hear me? I
1: can hear
0: you. Okay, so once again, we're having some technical difficulties. Okay, we, we lost oh. them again. Okay, you know what's so funny is we were on last night for like two hours and everything was like perfect. And then when the show starts, it's like everything, right?
1: That's okay. We're going to work through these dilemmas.
0: It's because she joined Tiffany.
1: We break and uh, get vocal tonight, huh?
0: Yeah. Um, And thank you, uh, Tiffany, for coming in.
1: Yeah, he is, running He sure is. He don't want this story to be told.
0: It's the man. There ain't nothing but the man.
1: Well sing us a song, Ken, say while we wait.
0: Uh the devil is busy, yeah, that's right. Uh yeah, he's a liar. He's a liar. Uh, so we he's coming back.
1: Sing the song, Ken, say. What you want me on. to sing? The trouble come on. <laughs> I'm waiting. Hello.
0: Uh I I can't say. Not right I, now.
1: I mean I thought you said I am like,
0: trying to get I'm trying to uh keep listeners, not uh not uh lose 'em.
1: Oh, you're not gonna lose. They support you. Can't you see this group? They support you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they start supporting you until you uh, start doing something crazy like like uh sing.
1: D <laughs> said no ma'am, don't make him do it.
0: Oh, that's cold. All right. So uh all right, while we wait back for Dwayne, uh I see Brooklyn has joined us as well. Uh I see Big Bad Brad. I see um,
1: oh, mom is on the show. You
0: know? hey, mom. Yeah, uh oh yeah, that's my mom, yeah. Uh Mom? yeah that's crazy though last night I'm, we were on for a long time and it was working just fine so I'm gonna have to um, I'm gonna have to uh, he's telling
1: you you better behave I was like I know he's not talking to me
0: yeah so um how many people in this chat room are aware of the Atlanta child murders case
1: you wanna push one
0: yeah press one if you are if you're okay
1: he and, just, he's not, but he pressed one. Dre, which one are you? Are you aware or are you unaware?
0: Okay. Okay. All right, here we go. <sighs> all right. Welcome back. Last night was perfect, right?
2: Right. We didn't have no problems last night. I think it's probably because so many people joining is taking up the bandwidth. Though.
0: Okay. All right. So, um, all right. So you, you were as you were.
2: Okay, where did where did they leave off at?
0: You were talking about how you were in the military, and then you um, you had said when you were a child that you were going to help uh, Wayne Williams get right. out of
2: right. right. So I'm six years old, and I'm in my hometown, Brunswick, Georgia, Hopkins Home Apartments, uh, Apartment Number 18. I still remember it like it was yesterday, and they showing Wayne Williams on the news, and I said, "That man didn't do that." When I grow up. I'm going to help him get out of jail. And, you know, anybody from my hometown that knew my grandmama, she used to curse like a sailor. She was like, What sit your narrow ass down. Them crackers will kill you. <laughs> I, told her, I told her then, I said, well, they'll have to kill me then because that man didn't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and lo and behold, 2013, um, Wayne is at Hancock State Prison with my homeboy that I've been growing, but I've been knowing since I was six. We was in the first grade together, went to school together all the way up um, until high school. And uh, at the time I was working on a documentary and one of the homeboys had just came home and put put him in contact with me. And he like, what you doing, bro? What's up with you? And I'm like, man, I'm working on this documentary. He said, hey, man, I'm in here with Wayne Williams. He wants uh, somebody to do his documentary. And, um, you know, short story, a little bit shorter, that's how I ended up meeting Wayne Williams and becoming involved with the Freedom Project. Initially, I was just supposed to be doing a documentary. And what ended up happening is, because of lack of cooperation and the business agreement that we had, we couldn't actually complete the documentary because all of the people that were involved wouldn't cooperate um, maybe one day I'll be able to tell y'all the full story at this particular point I can't give out all the names and everything else but eventually when all of this is over and Wayne is out of prison I will be able to tell y'all about all of the celebrities that done tried to come in the middle of this and manipulate it and make money off of it I'll be able to tell the full story and give out all the names and everything else because That's going to be a very key element for people understanding why this man is still in prison, because he should have been out a long time ago. And actually, there are some people who are potentially going to go to prison because people who are involved in this basically went against the law and violated uh, different procedures. And the way that this case was handled, um Wayne should have been out a long time ago
0: Now, uh, now um I asked why while we were having the technical difficulties, how many people were familiar with this case, and um uh, 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 the vast majority said yes, but there were some that weren't, so let's right. kind of give them a snapshot of what is the Atlanta child murders um because I met some people today who had never heard of it, right. so uh without you know give them a brief kind of rundown what it what it was and what what
2: happened and all that. Right, and and I'm glad you allow me the space to do that because that's another misconception. It was more adults that was killed during this time period than it was children. You know, that's something that people don't really know or understand. And what was really happening, um, you know, at this particular time, it became an epidemic because there were children being abducted, found murder, sometimes days later, sometimes months later, and some of the bodies we, we now know, you know, may have even been identified improperly, but uh, this was an epidemic that was going on from 1979 to uh, what they say 81, but it actually continued. When you look at the list of missing and murdered, it was 29 names that made the list of missing and murdered. But there was another, uh, I want to say about 63 names that didn't make the list. And the list was supposed to be a criteria, but none of the people, If you look at the list, the list doesn't even really have a real criteria pattern. So this was all something that was fabricated by the FBI to be able to try to make a justification to close these cases because they didn't want the real truth coming out as far as what it was really all about. But what um, was happening at that time was. This was a pivotal moment in time for the city of Atlanta and for black America, because at this particular time, Atlanta was a major metropolitan area and it was black mayor being elected, uh, black fire chief, black this, black that, city councilman, everything. So we, it was a situation where uh, all of the power positions in local government were beginning to be occupied by black people. You know, we're talking about a city that's 80% black. So um, on one scale, what people need to understand about this is that the city government was sabotaged. You know, so when people hear about the Klan involvement and white supremacist involvement in some of these murders, that's there's a lot of truth to that. And what was really going on is that they was it was a certain a group of people in the city of Atlanta that was trying to sabotage the new regime that was taking over.
5: Mm.
2: So that's why it became so political from a mayoral standpoint, a chief of police standpoint, a public safety commissioner standpoint, because now it was looking, it was like, oh, y'all want to hire all these niggas to do this and do that? Y'all want to let them in the office? Okay, we're going to show y'all. So that's pretty much um, one of the things that people need to understand about what was really taking place. Um, And what ended up happening was um, after Wayne Williams was arrested, there was still 25 more murders in the next year and a half that never was reported on the news or anything like that. Mm. You know, the last uh, being... Uh, or next to last being a a little girl named Lucretia Bell that was 13 years old that was strangled. Mm. But Her cause of death was asphyxiation, and the big thing about the list is that they were trying to say that these people were strangled, but when you go and you look at the cause of death on some of them, one one little boy was shot, another person was stabbed to death, Mm
5: -hmm. you know,
2: and then it may be an eight-year-old boy on the list, a 12-year-old boy, but then it's a 12-year-old little girl and an eight-year-old little girl. And then they were saying that these criterias match, but they really didn't. And out in the last eight people that made the list, six of them were adults.
0: Right. You right. Inclu- including – um. The the one the 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 two men that uh, Wayne Williams was uh, convicted, right? For. Right. And and can let's go a little bit into the bridge situation okay. because we me and you had kind of talked about it, and um, it is the biggest horse bit of bit of horse pucky. Uh, excuse my my. Uh, I. That's French. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna paint a picture for you. For people out there, so as the story t- the the story is told that these geniuses um realized that the way that they were getting the bodies into the uh was it the Chattahoochee right uh-huh. um was that they must have been throwing the bodies off a bridge, so they claimed that they for i think it was about a month was it a month
2: they say a month
0: they had they had detectives and uh cadets um stocking all of these bridges at, from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. right this is a story on the last day cuz they decided that they weren't going to allow it no more cuz it was too much man hours and all this the last day they got the biggest luck you if that was in a screenplay you would be you would call bs right that they now mind you they had they claimed i think they said they had 14 people stocking this bridge they That's claimed they claimed that a cadet that was on the bottom of the bridge heard a splash. Didn't see nothing. Had a flashlight. Didn't see anything. And they said that Wayne Williams' car had stopped or something. They thought it had stopped. And Now, mind you, they had 14, allegedly 14 officers whose job was to stop the bridge to see if someone's throwing it out. No one saw shit. Because they never said that they can. All they said they saw, they, they heard the, uh, the car slow down. And then we're supposed to believe that Wayne Williams, who was about five, seven, he was, he was pudgy, um, at the time that Nathaniel cater, the guy that he allegedly threw off the bridge was six foot tall, something like that. Uh, he was about 150, 60 pounds, something to that effect. He was dead too. So he weighed more. So we're supposed to believe that he went on the bridge. And he stopped, got out the car, opened up his trunk, took that body and threw it over a five foot barrier, then closed his trunk, got back in his car and kept on pushing. And no one saw nothing. They just heard a splash. Does that sound like, does that sound realistic to you guys? What kind of super Negro did they think he was that he could do that? And did it fast. Allegedly, he was quick with it, right? If you believe that. It, it's right. the biggest crock of bullshit I've ever heard. Right. So that that always bugged me from the minute I first heard it. So um, now they, have a witness. they don't have a witness, though. See, and because and, somebody said once, why is it that they didn't? Why is it that if they're lying, why didn't they just say they saw him? And I told Dwayne, this is my theory was always is just in case it was proven later that, th- you know, if there was some evidence that the sculptory, then it was, they were lying. Like you couldn't, you know, if they said right. they saw him in there. So they gave themselves enough gray area so that they could cover their ass later. So that no one, 14 people, no one saw shit. And their, right. their whole job was to stop on the bridge. And then second of all, he worked um for um different news outlets as um I forgot what you call those people but uh basically he had a police scanner and he would he would go and take pictures of crime scenes so he knew they were on the bridge. <laughs>
4: right. So he let would me, have to be the let me, uh, uh, in let, the me world. Lend,
2: let me lend some insight to it because you know um when we under, when we when we fully do enough research we'll understand that these people operate in um, innuendo rhetoric. And even when they tell the truth, they tell half-truths. They don't tell the full story. So Wayne gets painted as this weirdo and all of these different things, but they don't know that this boy actually owned a radio station at 12 years old. Mm -hmm. And when Andy Young met Wayne Williams, he said, This may be the smartest kid I ever met in my life. Right. So we're talking about somebody who grew up, and his both of his parents were educators, and he grew up knowing most of the people in the Atlanta power circle. All of the civil rights activists and all, like they all knew his family. Joseph E. Lowry, all of them, you name it, right? So um Wayne was always a very uh different kid of course we know now in 2019 that the different kid may be considered a weirdo but more than likely that's the genius kid we didn't understand that it collectively at those times everybody thought every little boy supposed to be running the football right you right. know Wayne wasn't that type of kid he was always a uh intellectual so, he was the kid that was taking pictures at football games. He always wanted to be a journalist and, and things of this nature. So, he started his own radio station at age 12. Right. and He had an FCC this,
0: license, by the way.
2: Right, right. And this is why he had camera equipment and police scanners and things of this nature. And one of the things that he ended up doing, because... One of his childhood best friends was actually beaten by a store owner in the uh, local community that he grew up in, and Wayne was with him. And it ended up being a race riot in which Stokely Carmichael and some of the Black Panthers was involved with the Atlanta Police Department, and Wayne actually got busted in the head as a little boy when he was like 9 or 10 years old. So this is what gave him the passion for injustice and and the police and things of that nature. So he would actually go and do certain things because at one point he was big on reporting police corruption to the police department. So these are all things that they never let people know about when they go into his background. They just try to paint him as this uh, weirdo you know, to make it seem as if he was doing a whole bunch of stuff that he shouldn't have been doing or whatever the case may be but they don't give the full backstory you know, so that's important for people to realize secondly when we get into the bridge scene and what took place that evening or that early morning, whatever you want to call it um, they were supposedly staking out the bridge like, like you said it wasn't 14 people. It was only four people on the bridge. Okay. All right? Two of the people that were on the bridge were supposedly police recruits that never became police officers. Right. So now in 2019, if we know about crisis actors and we know about all of these different things, you tell me who these two people really were, first off. Right. Because per- one of the people... Jacobs is the person who said he heard his splash right all right when you get into what was said in the record, the car never stopped on the bridge right no one said they saw the car stop on the bridge so that would mean that Wayne threw a six foot like you said five eleven dead some, man some some. Because that was a big deal. They lied about that on Atlanta Monster and said he was only five, five or whatever. Jimmy Ray Payne was the one that was short. Nathaniel Cato was tall. Right. Nathaniel Cato was tall and slender. Um, but a five eleven, six foot, hundred and sixty pound man, he threw from a moving car over a barricade. You know, it's no way that it could ever humanly happen. First off. Um, secondly, the other two people that was there. One person is named Special Agent Gilliland. He was an FBI agent. Mm-hmm. He mysteriously died in a helicopter crash, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And then the other person that was there was a, a a detective for the Atlanta Police Department, and he admitted that he was doing his income taxes that night, and he didn't see anything. <laughs>
5: places wow
2: now check this what happened was this when you get to the Jackson Parkway Bridge if you ever been to Atlanta there's an interstate in Atlanta called 285 that there's a big circle that goes around the city right if you get off an exit called South Cobb Drive and you drive about a quarter of a mile you are right there at the Jackson Parkway Bridge so it's actually right there at the Atlanta-Cobb County border. On one side, it's considered Cobb County. On another side, it's called Atlanta. Anybody from Atlanta would know that if somebody was doing that type of dirt, they would never do it in Cobb County, bro. <laughs> I'm Listen, I hustled on the streets of Atlanta. We say count on being busted. That's what Cobb County means.
5: <laughs>
2: Come on, black boy. You understand? So, you know, anybody that's from the city would have known that, you know, that that wouldn't even be something that somebody would even try to pull off, first and foremost. Because you do something in Cobb County, the police is like, they dare. You know, two minutes, they dare. It's that serious. But um, that's neither here nor there. the The point that I want to make, though, is when the person said what they said about is there somebody on the bridge She said i heard a splash somebody on the bridge the person who was at the the top of the the bridge he said i just moved out of the uh i moved out of the way of the headlights if he just moved out of the way of the headlights how could somebody be simultaneously saying is somebody on the bridge right if wayne right. was just entering the bridge and you moved out of the way of the headlights, right. how could a body have already hit the, hit the uh water? right there's no way possible that could have happened another thing that people don't know about the bridge and what took place that night was that they lied and said that they didn't check the river that night they actually held wayne on 285 on the side of the highway for about five hours while they drug the river. Right. They didn't find anything. Nathaniel Cater's body is found about three or four miles up the river, right? Days later, five days later, I want to say. The thing about that is that we actually had a geologists well, well I, not me personally but Wayne's attorneys his team had a geologist look at that river and it's something in that river called an eddy and what it is is a embankment in the earth that rises up so it's almost like a hill in the middle, middle of the river that slows the flow of the river down which means that the body would not have been able to go past that particular point. The body would have got stuck right there at that eddy in the river. Right. So there's no way that his body would have been able to be found where it was if the bridge was the entry point.
0: Right. Right.
2: You understand what I'm saying?
0: No, I hear you. I feel you,
2: man. You know, um, one and, and see these are the things that you know we told this to the the podcast people i did did interviews three hour interviews they and this is what people don't understand the listening public or the scene public they don't understand that when you see somebody do an interview and you see a 15 minute clip that person could have interviewed for three hours and they took and pick and choose what they wanted to from that three
0: hours and air what they wanted to air. Right. And we're going to, we're going to get into, um, why we think that, um, they may have done what they've done, or did what they did. But, um, one thing I want to get clear too, for those is now he was never convicted for killing any children. These were two adult males. Right. And Nathaniel cater for those who don't understand what was his reputation, Nathaniel Cater, of what kind of guy?
2: Well, well, both of these dudes were street dudes. Right. You know what I'm saying? And Nathaniel Cater had a background um, where he was known to be a fighter. He was in the martial arts and, and all sorts of stuff. You know what uh-huh. I'm saying? So everybody who I know that I interviewed or I talked to that knew Wayne from the streets and knew Nathaniel Cater, all of them say, "Man, if Wayne didn't have a gun, ain't no way he whipped that man and did something to
0: that man." Right. You know. He was known um, for taking out three people at a time, and yeah, he was no—he was no chump. Yeah,
2: him, him, and Pat Man Rogers was another one that was, you know, mm-hmm. known for that. You
0: know. Yeah, and uh, uh, you might want to tilt your camera up just a little bit because we just see your your mouth. But um. Oh, wow. okay. uh, now, um, one one more aspect I want to talk about is one of the things that they always tout as the, the slam dunk evidence against Wayne Williams, is the fibers. right? And um, so can you talk about what you've come to know about the fiber evidence?
2: Well, uh, it's not what I've come to know. The good thing about it is that the Department of Justice began an inquiry into um, the FBI crime lab. Um, so uh, anybody could go look this up, a man named Dr. Frederick Wrighthurst. Uh, he was a FBI crime lab investigator and he was on the Oklahoma City bombing. Mm. Right. And the Oklahoma City bombing was not what the world thought. Uh, mm-hmm. Just to segue into what you and I have spoken about with Mina, Arkansas, the reason they blew up the Murrah building. In Oklahoma, because that was where all of the ATF information that would have indicted Bill Clinton and George Bush and connected them to the Iran Contras and all of the drugs that was coming into Mina, Arkansas. So that's why they blew that building up.
5: Mm-hmm. You know.
2: But Dr. Whitehurst blew the whistle on the FBI crime lab and all the misconduct that was taking place during the investigation into the Oklahoma City bombing. Mm -hmm. When that happened, it opened the doorway for the Department of Justice to now go back and examine certain cases that took place with the FBI crime lab, specifically cases that involve expert witnesses and cases that involve uh, hair or carpet or any type of fiber analysis because these things are pseudoscience you know so what ended up happening was in 2003 they began this inquiry and they have come to the realization that in about I want to say they said 85% of the cases the FBI gave faulty witness testimony or fabricated evidence to sway towards a conviction and Wayne's case was one of the cases that was examined you know so the, the whole thing about the carpet fibers and everything else this shouldn't have never been a reason to try to come after somebody and put somebody in prison because that analysis would go both ways if these children were coming to Wayne Williams' home. And they were getting carpet fibers from Wayne Williams's home onto their clothing, that would go in the opposite direction as well. There would be fibers, there would be hairs, there would be different evidence that would be from those children in his environment as well. And there was never any evidence of any of the children being in Wayne's home. Mm-hmm. You know, so with the carpet fiber uh, analysis and the hair fibers and all of these different things that they said, this was all a means to create a case where there was no case. Mm -hmm. You understand? And then Wayne's trial ended up being a trial by media. It was a trial that was based on public perception and what they had already done with all of this news reporting. These cases were in the news every day for about four years in the city of Atlanta and most of nationwide television. So the people just wanted it to be over with.
5: Right.
2: You know, they would accept anybody pretty much that they put on that screen and said that they killed them at that particular point. You know, so I'm sorry. I said people want closure. Right, right. So the whole thing about the carpet fibers and everything else, you know, it's some people that got to fall on the sword because, because of that, because they basically have made up a whole case. And what they never told the public is that there were five of these little boys that were found with Caucasian hair fibers in their underwear. Mm-hmm. So whose hair fibers were those? And why were there in these little boys underwear? Right. You know, and and that's that's the 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 real deal behind the cover up and why they have done so much to um keep the truth about these cases from coming out was the fact that what was going on in Atlanta was connected to a nationwide pedophile
0: yeah and just as a side note one of the the, the a project that I'm about to work on is a uh, a long form podcast about the uh, Franklin cover up, right. which which I always believed is a is in connection with this case, the Mena Arkansas and a bunch of others, and then there's some right. stuff in DC, and um and it's around it's literally the same time, right? Um, so, right. but yeah, right. I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: Right. So this this nation and and for the people who are watching um and listening. Don't believe nothing I say. Everything that I tell you, you could go look it up and you're going to find the facts to to support it. Go look up the Delta Project. Mm. It was a project called the Delta Project and it was also called the Odyssey Project. The man who was basically the main organizer behind it was a man named John D. Norman. Mm. And he had a assistant named Bill Paskey. Uh, it's been proven that Bill Paskey received payments from John Wayne Gacy,
5: mm.
2: the infamous serial killer from out of uh, Chicago, who, right. who killed, who had all the supposedly killed thirty-three boys and had them in a the crawl space in his home. What what the world doesn't know is that John Wayne Gacy wasn't acting alone. There were there were other people. The, when, when you see these movies and you see these people who in the movie and they tie up people and they torture them and they put them through all of this stuff before they kill them, that's exactly what was happening in Atlanta. That's exactly what was happening with John Wayne Gacy. Another man that was connected to this pedophile ring was a man named John Corley. And he was responsible for 23 murders of little boys in Texas. And um, he didn't act alone. You understand? The person...
1: but with John Wayne okay. Gacy, the thing that's similar to these two stories is that his most of his murders were also asphyxiation and strangle, except for one. Right, right. I have an evacuation right. right. with serial killers, so yeah, right.
2: he's one of right. face. Okay, so since you know about that, all right, <laughs> it's a it's another set of murders that took place in Columbus, Georgia where it was a group of elderly women that were murdered, and the man name was the Stock and Strangler. Mm. Right? Uh, uh, a brother actually died last year on death row, a man named Carlton Gary for these murders, and he didn't have nothing to do with it. Yeah. And again, somebody else and, and dig this. One of those women that got killed in Columbus, Georgia, was from the Woodruff family. The Woodruff family is the people who own Coca-Cola. They they like the family that they really own Atlanta. They run Atlanta. You know, Um, these people had a sophisticated network. The guy who set it all up, how it would work, was you... Go here. You oh you going you going to Chicago. Okay, when well, you go to Chicago, call this person. And each one of these pedophiles would go to whoever the person was in Chicago or whoever the person was in Los Angeles or whoever the person is in Omaha, Nebraska, or whatever. Larry King was the guy in Omaha, Nebraska, you know, with the Franklin cover up. Uh Jerry Sandusky. And Penn State, you okay, yeah, you go holler at Jerry if you going. And they was doing this all over the place. So that's why it's always a quick cover-up. Wayne Williams, when they arrested Wayne Williams, his trial was like this, and it was out of the way. The same thing with Jerry Sandusky. Oh, let's get it out of the media, out of the way. You know, um, they do these things because when – it's all said and done. There's so many people, judges, politicians, businessmen that that are high up on the totem pole as far as uh, social stature. They got money, they got influence, they got power. And when the heat gets turned on, they find a scapegoat, they find a patsy, and they move on to another place. And that's exactly what was happening. So that's why when you said what you said about Omaha, Nebraska, like that's why all of this stuff was happening in these different places. And it was in such close proximity. You know, right. And, and um, I'm just going, but I'm missing some things. So let me go back. What they would do was each one of these men would have cadets. So uh, a grown man, 40 years old, however, however old he is, is established in the community. He finds, you know, 16-year-old, 17-year-old boys that that already have a history of deviant behavior. He takes them under the wing. He gives them some sort of stability, and he gets them to be the ones that become his cronies that lure the 10-year-old boys and 11-year-old boys into these situations and they call them cadets. Right. Right, And what ends up happening is is the people would come from different places. So, for instance, in Atlanta, and I told when I did the interview with Information Discovery, I told them about The black pedophile rings, but I also told them about the white pedophile ring in Atlanta. And they didn't put that in the piece that they did. Because the white pedophile ring was the pedophile ring that was connected to the Delta Project. And the man who was the head of the white pedophile ring in Atlanta eventually went to prison for child pornography charges. And when they went in his house, they found about 30,000 pieces of child porn. Mm -hmm. And in what's called the Brady Files, this is something very important that people need to understand. And this is something that I'm gonna need support from the community in, is because I'm actually getting with the parents and we're gonna get together a petition so that we forced them to release the Brady files and the police investigative files on these people's family members so they could see everything that the police knew but excluded from Mm -hmm. telling the public. Mm -hmm. But in the Brady files, specifically about this man that I'm telling y'all about and two other people, a kid told them that he and three other boys that ended up being murdered all had sex with these three men. You know, and the main perpetrator, the man who I'm telling you about, who was the head of that ring, he ended up going to prison. But guess what? You can't find his prison record in, in, in the Georgia State prison records.
0: <laughs> so he ain't go nowhere.
2: Right. The, yeah. the people, and I'll put it to you like this. The people that I know committed these murders when I go try to find a prison record because another man was uh, a man named Jamie Brooks. He he's the person who killed Clifford Jones. That's the one who I did the interview with Emmanuel Williams, his, his older brother. He went to prison and died of prison, died in prison of AIDS. Yeah. You can't find no information. On the Georgia Bureau of Prisons about it. Another man, I, I can't say this man's name because he's still alive, but you can't find no information about this man. And we know that he's the person that killed Latanya Wilson. We know he killed Nathaniel Cater and potentially Jimmy Ray Payne and Pac-Man Rogers. Right? This particular person was a hitman and a drug dealer. Right. Uh-huh. And and a pedophile, right?
0: Independent, throw that in in there
5: as well.
2: But you can't find no information on it. Another man who was so notorious in the city of Atlanta, his name was Wyatt Earth on the streets of Atlanta. Right? They they called him Wyatt Earth, and he ended up having an eyewitness to one of the children. I'm trying to put my phone on the charger, y'all, so bear with me. One of the children, though, that was killed was a boy named uh, Charles Stevens. And Charles Stevens was seen with this man every day for about two weeks before his disappearance. And on the night that he disappeared, he was seen in the back of this man's car wrapped in a blanket, motionless. Wow. Wow. I I interviewed the man who saw him. Wow. <laughs> you understand? And the man who saw him met the dude for a drug deal that night. He bought the drugs from the dude. He looked in the back of the car and the dude told him, don't worry about that. He said, hey, man, that ain't none of my business. And he left. He wow. said the next morning, the dude called him and said, hey, man, I need to holler at you about something. He knew he was coming to kill him because this dude was notorious for killing people. The dude used to rob drug dealers, and his robbing crew would kill somebody purposefully. Even if they just gave the money and the drugs up, He was, they would still kill somebody. So the one time that they forgot to kill somebody on the scene, he shot one of the members of the robbing crew in the back seat of the car and kicked him out of the car in front of Grady Hospital downtown Atlanta. That's how ruthless this dude was. So when when he called the dude that morning and he said, "Hey man, I need to holler at you about something." Dude, when he turned himself in on a warrant and told the people what he knew because he said he knew when Buddy called him that he was gonna kill him. Right. So he went ahead and turned himself in.
0: Um there's two things that I want to get to. Okay. Um, and, uh, I'm going to get to Michael's question about the KK involvement, but before the KKK involvement, but before I get to that, um, um, uh, a lot of things that I've seen, they will say that the kids weren't uh, sexually molested that like, you know what I'm talking about? They they say that they say that they didn't find no sen- no, um, signs of that, which didn't make sense to me. Um, you know, it just didn't make sense to me. So um before we get into the KKK part of this, um um what is your knowledge about uh, about that aspect?
2: And that's a lot. I mean, you know, <laughs> like like I said, I mean, um one one of the one of the places in Atlanta, um where the pedophile rings was taking place was a house on Gray Street, downtown Atlanta, right by where the Falcons used to play and they called it uncle tom's cabin the man name was uh tom Terrell, and i actually uh years ago put a video on facebook where he was on the news admitting that 10 of the boys had been to his house already and he ended up going to prison for child sex related crime.
5: Hmm.
0: yeah, you
2: know? yeah um, but,
0: but they said they couldn't find any evidence of child molestation, uh, molestation. Right? Right.
2: Well, I mean, that's the, that's the, that's the lie that they told, because um, that's a way to keep the people from knowing about this pedophile ring that was operating because now what does this do to the narrative that they created? If now the people of the city of Atlanta know that they had knowledge of these pedophile rings when this was going on, not only did they have knowledge of these pedophile rings, but some of the Atlanta power structure were were actually pedophiles themselves, you understand, and actually were willing participants in helping cover this up.
0: Right, because they were protecting their own ass.
2: exactly exactly
0: um so uh michael wants to know about the kkk uh element
2: yeah so um it's something called the, the uh the gbi 8100 files um in which uh there was investigation into members of a white supremacist group um they always talk about the sanders brothers but uh the actual leader of the KKK was another man. I want to say his name was Dr. Fields. I can't remember his first name, but he was actually um, the leader of the KKK in Northern Georgia at that particular time. And right there on that bridge where they stopped Wayne Williams was actually where the Klan used to hold some of their rallies, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but the, uh, the GBI 8,100 files were actually supposed to be destroyed. And what happened was when Wayne went to prison, someone knocked on his attorney's office door and left a box full of information. And one of the things in that box was the audio recordings of the sanders brothers admitting that they killed a kid named luby jeter you know and um there's a lot of speculation and a lot of people think that most of these murders were done by the kkk uh i hate to bust everybody bubble but that just wasn't the truth you know a lot of a lot of these um children were actually lured out of the environment by people that look like us Mm -hmm. people have to understand that the climate in 1979 1980 81 we not already trusting you know people outside our community so (laughs) you know old old white pedophile ain't gonna just be able to come in, in different parts of Atlanta, and people not be like, what you doing over here, folks? So it just wasn't the case like people think. Um, the Klan did have some involvement in it, and, you know, like when we was talking about uh, Tariq Nasheed, the buster, and where he was trying to push that line, he was trying to push on it. You know, they just want to dismiss it as black and white so that they could keep pushing this same racial narrative you know, black versus white, but I tell people this all the time. If you only see black and white, you never see the gray areas. And that's where the truth always lies. Yeah.
4: You
0: know? Yeah. Um, there's people that will work with the enemy to destroy the community.
2: There you go. And,
0: and you, you just, because, you know, they always say that, oh, it had to be a, a black person that committed the crime. It had to be a black person that committed the crime. And I always felt like, to a certain degree that there is truth in that being that you know they were working as agents like right. l- going back to uh, larry king right you know you right. need someone like like that to be their right. agent right to uh, to do their heinous stuff yeah, you do. um okay so there's so much to get to and there's so much to uh to talk about um in um because this this case opens a lot of cans of worms and and what not. <coughs> right. Excuse me, yeah, sorry. Someone down the wrong pipe. Um let's talk about I okay, what people don't really understand, I don't think, is that there is a um there's the media there is law enforcement um and then there is the power structure they all work hand in hand, right? Absolutely. And for example, like the CIA, for example, right? The CIA basically controls the, the media. Right. You know, and a lot of people, I know it's hard for people to understand, all everything that you see in the mainstream is propaganda.
2: Right. From, operation, operation Mockingbird is the name of the actual CIA operation in which they infiltrated the news media. You're absolutely correct. And so, when you watch something on
0: television, um, you know because most people they form their opinion on this case based on the reporting, right? Right. And reporting. One way you can tell is all the reporting seems to be very similar, you know. And so, um, going back to the Atlanta Monster, you know, it's a podcast, right? So, right. with a with a podcast, you think of it as this independent uh endeavor right so it's not it's not backed by the man right. right it's something that so they're not you know the powers that be is not controlling it right but um that's in this laugh. case <laughs> <laughs> i mean but that's the thought
5: right right but,
0: and, so um when they were i i was listening to some of their um behind the scenes stuff and they were talking about they were taking um ads out on um tv1 and billboards and and all of that. And look, I've been doing podcasts for a long time. Uh, definitely not at their level, but I don't see podcasters, even the really successful ones able to take out commercials <laughs> for a podcast. you know what I'm saying? And billboards and, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so my question to you is, um, where do you i mean where do you think they get their funding from uh what where, where do you think and what do you think um because it just seems like it's and and there's a big uh in october wayne williams is coming up for um parole too and right. i find it interesting that there's all of these things that are revisiting the case right. so so do you think that this is some sort of effort to muddy the waters uh 40 years later
2: well, what it is 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 many things one of it is usurping the movement, so um, I'll give people an example of something that we just saw that was very polarizing that the exact same thing took place. Do you remember when the Seahawks and the Patriots played in the Super Bowl? Yes, okay. So all that week leading up to the Super Bowl in the media and all that year really, Marshawn Lynch had been handling the media and telling basically black people, like, you know, I'm not no sucker. They not gonna get no sound bite out of me, or they not gonna get me to say something that, you know, they gonna be able to twist around or whatever. Right. Come, come uh Super Bowl week, the boy get up at his press conference and say, what's up to all my Africans out there, right? I remember that, yeah. This is a real one from Oakland, right? That is getting brothers that's in the NFL that's making money to go back and invest money in their own communities and do things for their people, right? Right. This is somebody who's been doing this from day one. All of a sudden, half-white Colin Kaepernick, who grew up in the suburbs, never gave a damn about no type of real struggle that black people had going on or anything like that. All of a sudden, he come out and he kneeled because he lost his job. And he he know he about to be out of the the, the NFL. And now he become the poster child for the struggle for liberation for people in America. And he got cornrows in his hair all of a sudden and he got on the Black Panther leather jacket like Huey P. Moon with the Afro, and he on GQ magazine, and he got Nike deals and everything else, and people don't see the twist and the propaganda of what they was really doing. You know, they usurped everything that Marshawn Lynch was bringing forth and made this boy a poster child of what the, instead of uh, people identifying what the real struggle and what the real movement should have been about. So that's why Colin Kaepernick's Movement never went anywhere And it was nothing Of depth that he ever said Anybody could say Oh yeah they killed black people What did he say that had any kind of real Structure to it What did he ever say that showed That he had any type of real uh, Compassion Or anything like that It was all propagandized And that's what they continually do that's what they did with Black Lives Matter, with the movement that was taking place in St. Louis, where they actually executed that boy Darren and a few other good brothers that was really fighting for the truth to, to come out, you know?
0: Aaron King Hills. Yeah. yeah. So
2: that's exactly what Atlanta Monster was. It was a means to put somebody else on this high platform Put all of these millions of dollars of advertising and everything behind them, put them on national TV and get them to tell a whole bunch of lies. They studied the interview that I gave them and went on TV and said the things that I said to them word for word in the interview. You know? And they even lied. He lied about how he found out about the Atlanta child murders he lied and said that his business partner told him that they needed to work on that case next. When in all actuality, a lady who did private investigation work on the show up in vantage that he did before Atlanta monster named Robin Martinelli actually introduced him because he asked her what else she was working on. And she said, well, I want to do the Wayne Williams case next. And that same woman, Robin Martinelli, when I gave the speech at City Hall, when the cases were reopened, if anybody wants to go look, you can go look on the Internet. Look at the the speeches and you'll see a white lady with blonde hair standing behind me. That's Robin Martinelli. That's the person who gave Payne Lindsay the information about the Wayne Williams case. He never even knew nothing about this before the end, you know. So that's what it was all about. And you absolutely correct. They put millions and millions of dollars into a podcast. And I know for a fact that part of the promotional budget came from Apple. Wow.
0: I see. I didn't know that one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And another one more thing that he did so people can know. When they asked him certain questions, he never would mention my name. Right. So they asked him, how did you meet Wayne Williams? He goes, I met Wayne. And he paused. And he goes, I met Wayne through a guy named Dwayne. You right, know, right. It, it, It's like you don't do that. If I tell somebody, if I told somebody, hey, man, I'm going to do this podcast with this brother named Kente, he does a podcast. On indie radio, blah, blah 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 blah. I'm gonna run it down to him, right? You understand? Right. What professional person gets on TV and don't say a person' last name, right? And don't say what their credentials are, what made them the person that was able to get you in contact with Wayne Williams? And yeah. then when he did the interview on the Breakfast Club, he says, um, "Oh yeah, I met Wayne Williams through some guy that was on the internet talking conspiracy theories."
0: Right, I remember that. Yeah, I was kind of, I was real disappointed on that Yeah,
2: and, and you know, the same thing that you said about the podcast, that's what everybody has told me, that they was basically saying like, the they felt like the podcast was fluff until they actually heard me begin to speak because nobody was talking about anything tangible. Right. You know? And the only other person that I will give is two other people that was on that podcast that I will give credit to us, a lady named Kirsten. she actually um, is the person who started the website at kid. Cause that's what um, the FBI called the Atlanta child murders, the at kid cases. Amazing. So anybody could go look at her website and she has a lot of information out there. It's dot I think. And then, um, another brother named um vincent hill vincent hill was actually a cop and a private investigator and he actually had a lot of information and they did the same thing to him they cut a lot of the information that he gave them and they didn't use it you know Um, it's it's people asking questions too Um, yeah
0: i i have uh steve He wants to know, Dwayne, can you speak on why the proposed mural of the of the uh, Atlanta child murder victims would be a detriment to Wayne Williams ongoing attempt at freedom?
2: Right. Uh, So, um, you know, that that's something that they do to play on the heartstrings of people and to make this continuously an emotional exchange versus getting down to the real deal and the nitty gritty as far as giving the real evidence and coming out with. You know, what investigative efforts that they've actually made, what findings have they had, they're not gonna do that. They're gonna continue to try to do the same things. And that's one of the things that um I talked to the family members about and I told them that y'all gotta stop allowing these people to use y'all as their pawns. Yeah. Cause these are the same people, the same offices. It don't matter to me if it's Mayor Bottoms or Maynard Jackson, she occupied the same seat that Maynard Jackson did, and she's a politician. So at the end of the day, a politician is going to do what's going to be best for their political career. And who knows? Who knows? That may be the reason she opened the cases in the first place. You know, that's what people have to think about, because. How I look at it, and she was really sincere about this, she wouldn't be opening the cases and putting somebody like Will Packer on a a committee.
0: Yeah, Will Packer, yeah.
2: How does Will... Will Packer is the dude who did girls trip? (laughs) Right. You understand? Like, how does this dude have anything to do with a real police investigative effort that's about some children being murdered, cold cases? Like, what does Will Packer have to do with that? Right. You know? So our people, we gotta start thinking intelligently, and we can't just accept what these people put in our face and be like, "Oh, yeah, that makes sense." No, it don't. Yeah.
0: You know. Yeah, it's like uh, reparations, and they have a bunch of actors up there <laughs> talking about reparations. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. All right, so um, I'm I'm gonna skip to your question, Steve, but uh, I'm gonna go to Anthony first uh Dwayne, is there any connection to Ted Turner, founder of CNN and TBS, in connection to the Atlanta child murders?
2: Next question. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I, I don't. I don't want to say. I don't want to
3: say names like that. But right, right.
2: People could rest assured that it's some very, it's some very inf- affluent people. It's right. some very affluent people.
0: Um, now, Steve. Um, has been checking out my notes because yeah. I was gonna get to Sid Dorsey. Um, uh, because right. this is a very important uh part of it, right? So, um, for those who may not know, uh, and people keep talking about uh Pizzagate as well,
2: yeah.
0: Um, let's talk this, about this Sid Dorsey. Was
2: PizzaGate. This was Pizzagate before Pizzagate, and the people that's now doing the stuff like Pizzagate. They got their blueprint from this man. I'm telling y'all, if y'all look up the Delta Project, it's gonna all make sense.
0: Oh, wow! So, Delta. um, Sid Dorsey, and then there was a, uh, his partner, I can't remember his name, who later was gonna um, open it as well. The case, but let's start off with Sid Dorsey. Uh, briefly, who's Sid Dorsey and what is his connection to this
2: case? Okay, uh, Sidney Dorsey, um, was uh, one of the lead detectives lead homicide detectives in the Atlanta missing and murder task force that they created. So they created a task force, um, that consisted of local law enforcement and federal law enforcement agents. Um, Sidney Dorsey being one of the main ones, him and another man named Lewis Graham, and they really should be celebrated, uh, as far as this case goes as heroes. Um, Sidney Dorsey actually sued the city of Atlanta because of some things that happened surrounding the Atlanta Child Murders case and he won. But um, excuse me, uh Dorsey was one of the people that had eyewitnesses to um, the Latanya Wilson murder. The reason why the Wilson murder becomes so important in this case is Latanya Wilson was the little girl that was taken from a window. Hmm. Nathaniel Cater, who is the person who they say Wayne threw off the bridge, was a maintenance man in that apartment complex. He had just changed out the window pane in her window the day before, and his fingerprint was found in her windowsill. Nathaniel Cater's fingerprint was also found at another crime scene. It was 30 fingerprints found at these crime scenes and none of them matched Wayne Williams. But one of the victims, Nathaniel Cater, his fingerprint was found at two of the crime scenes. One being Latanya Wilson. Um, he was a bag man. And he actually grabbed her out of the window and gave her to someone else. There were eyewitnesses that saw this man uh with the little girl under his arm like a bag that evening. Lewis Graham and Sidney Dorsey went to a grand jury to try to get an indictment in this on this man to try to save Wayne Williams, and they were made to stand down by federal law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, Sidney Dorsey ends up becoming the sheriff of the Cab County, which the Cab County is African the second. American largest, sheriff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the uh second largest county in the state of Georgia. Um he runs, I mean, he runs, finally loses to a man named uh Derwin Brown. And supposedly uh the day after he loses the election, he hires some hitmen that are his sheriffs to go kill Derwin Brown supposedly, that's what happens. So right now, Sidney Dorsey is sitting in Reesville State Prison doing a life sentence. When I got involved with this case, one of the first people I reached out to was Sidney Dorsey, and I wrote him a letter, and he wrote me back. And, if you know, the next time we get on here, I'll actually um, find the letter, and I'll read it to y'all. I actually read it on the courthouse steps because he agreed to do an interview with me And when it was time to go to do the interview, when I contacted the Georgia Bureau of the Prisons Public Relations Officer, they closed all interviews for all inmates in the state of Georgia. Wow. You know, so, um, and this is something else that people need to understand is very important. I had producers from CBS writing Wayne's Prison trying to get an interview with wayne they put wayne in the hole mm. so like every time it's something that someone of statue like that reaches out to somebody like me and it's not something that they already are controlling they'll throw wayne in the hole and we won't talk to wayne for two weeks
3: mm. wow
2: you know so that's the type of stuff they do um You know, with Sidney Dorsey, they didn't even allow me reading the letter from Sidney Dorsey to be on the news. This is the biggest case that ever happened in the city of Atlanta. Right. You understand? And I'm holding a letter from Sidney Dorsey, who was one of the lead detectives in the city, you know, connected to another one of the most infamous cases in the history of the city. And I'm reading what he said, in which he said that the souls of those children are screaming out from the graveyard, I won't rest until justice is served and I owe it to Wayne's mother. That's what Sidney Dorsey wrote me, you know. And um, they wouldn't let us interview him. Wow. Wow. Yeah,
0: that's something else. Uh, yeah, when I heard the whole Sidney Dorsey, um, like he seems like a, an intelligent man to to do some, yeah. you know, the, to assassinate somebody. On, yeah, on, it, it, it sound like BS.
2: Come
0: on, man. Um, now. Uh, uh, a question that we have from um, Tiffany, uh, who's from Atlanta. Uh-huh. She wants to know, uh, can you speak on Wayne's uh, musical aspiration, getting him uh, caught up? So um, there was a lot of talk about the group Gemini and uh-huh. about him um, looking to start, like, the next Jackson 5. Uh-huh. That kind of
2: yeah, so, I mean, you know, because Wayne, you know, he wanted to be in the music industry so bad, and he was working with kid groups, you know, it make, it make things seem a certain type of way. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it make it seem as if, you know, um, he was going out to recruit talent, you know, so that he could potentially be having sex with these little boys or whatever, based on the narrative that they try to create. And that's one of the, uh, the things that they do, especially in the murder of Pat man Rogers, um, You know, Patman Rogers was another person that was a martial artist and was a known fighter. And he was from one of the roughest uh, neighborhoods in Atlanta, a neighborhood called Thomasville Heights. And um, Wayne and his group had um, flyers that was in that um, neighborhood. And Patman Rogers actually came to an audition a talent audition or whatever the case may be, because I guess he was an aspiring, aspiring singer, you know, and um, what Tiffany is saying is also accurate because uh, the woman who supposedly calls Wayne's house, Cheryl Johnson, which I think was a plant. uh, Mm -hmm. I think she gave a, a wrong number and a wrong address and Wayne was out. Looking for the address because he was supposed to go back to her house that morning. But I think personally, um, that woman Cheryl Johnson was a plant.
0: Yeah, that sounds kind of kind of fishy, but not in the way that they try to make it. You know, right?
2: Because because his mother is the one who took the information down. Right. It wasn't. She didn't call Wayne and talk to Wayne on the phone. He wasn't there at that time. It was his mom. Yeah.
0: Um. Uh- There's something too that rubbed me the wrong way when it came to the the podcast. Um is one thing I hate is when somebody says something like this, they'll say, um they'll say, you know, Shannon, she be on some BS, but I'm not gonna talk about it. Right. You know what I mean? Like they would do stuff like that, you know.
1: Right now, you might as well talk about it.
0: (laughs) Right, right. So for example, they they were making some they were saying that there was something about his father, uh Homer, uh, Wayne Williams' yeah. father, and they said they got some information, but they said, Oh, we're not gonna get into it, but it makes him look really bad. I'm like, then why would you say that at all? Like and right. either come out with it,
5: right,
0: and then you can deal with it, or, or shut just shut up, right? Right. So um and they and other things that I've seen, they make it almost seem because if you want to believe what they're saying. About Wayne Williams, the carpet fibers and the dog was at their home, so that means that means that he was killing these people with his family and his carpet, like, right. like you know. So Mama wasn't like that's crazy. So um, uh, talk about the, the parents, uh, Homer. Um, they tried to make it seem like he was some kind of uh, strange guy or something, and they were saying that he was at he was at the, every funeral taking pictures. He was the only Photo, photographer you know what i'm saying like yeah he
2: worked for atlanta news daily which was a black newspaper in atlanta
0: right you know, so of course he like, would be at every event yeah.
2: and and you know like what people gotta stop doing man is like allowing people to say somebody weird you know what i mean because like for instance like people now talk to me and they know that i don't wrote books and everything and they be like damn d like how you be knowing all this and i be wanting to say like i used to have to be a clown in high school because i was too deep to have hold normal conversations with y'all niggas and y'all would have thought i was weird but right. i always been a thinker and i always been the person where everybody else see this over here and i'm like how these niggas don't see this over here i right. always been like that you know what i mean it just so happened that you know i'm really from the hood i grew up in the projects and i was an athlete and and a lot of other things so you know like I had uncles and, and, and big homies that was dope dealers and pops was in the game so I had a street sense to go along with all of that so it, it allowed me to be able to mask the fact that you know if I would have been telling people what I thought about shit at that age I would have been a weirdo too you right. know what I mean so it's just like when people say that type of stuff it just be frustrating to me because Really and truthfully, like, most of us really are weird if you want to just go by what typical people in society look at. Because I'm different than what most people that my age that look like me, my thoughts are way different than them. But it don't mean that I'm weird. It, It could mean that I'm a fucking genius. Or it could mean that I see a whole bunch that they don't right you know um
0: yeah yeah like yeah, i funny people, people saying with...
2: some some real good stuff in here man um a lot of questions
0: uh, uh can i and, and i want to say this too we have an open seat so if somebody wants to come in and ask a question on camera they can do so uh but you know be ready be ready to go but um uh Let's see. Um, it says, "What would be the motivating factor to to his exoneration with the assumed conspiracy and the cover up?"
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, the motivating factor is the fact that they they created a whole case that was all fabricated, and it wasn't no real evidence against Wayne, and all the real evidence point to other people. Yeah. You know.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, all right. We have rocks. How you doing, rocks?
3: Hey, how you doing? Pretty uh, good. All right. I just, I just got told on YouTube this lady said, I said it was a white woman that really set framed him and set him up, and the lady said, "Oh, really? It was a white oh, uh, she's supposed to be an astrologist or something." First of all, you got his birthday wrong. You said he was a Virgo, and everybody knows he's a Gemini. How stupid are you? Right. That's great. Right. It's just ridiculous. I mean he just sent one man up. First of all, he got charged for two adults, none of the kids. So where's the evidence that he killed any of these kids. It's crazy. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was it was no evidence even with the adults. They just um so people know, um, Jimmy Ray Payne had been dead for months, and they actually uh brought Jimmy Ray Payne in after they had already arrested Wayne and um, they changed the cause of death on Jimmy Ray Payne's death certificate. So the, the medical examiner was caught in a lie. The medical examiner said that um, he changed the reason because originally it said undetermined for the cause of death. And then once they created the narrative of the asphyxiation they changed the cause of death to homicide. And they said that it was possible that Wayne killed him because he had carpet fibers on him. but the river, the Chattahoochee River, actually had a carpet mill. So all of the bodies that was found in the Chattahoochee River potentially had carpet fibers on it because it was a carpet mill that was actually dumping their waste right into the Chattahoochee River. You know, So, when he was asked, though, at a press conference about this, he said he checked the wrong box. And it just so happened that the actual uh, form was a a typewritten form. So, it was no box to check. It was actually written
3: in with a typewriter.
0: All right. So, Rock, do you have any more questions?
3: Uh, No, I got a point to make. Okay. uh... That yeah, it together in my head, it just went away. Uh, um, but you know that they said Ed hey Edwards, if they knew that he was doing stuff in Atlanta at the time, why didn't they also question him?
2: Right, because Ed Edwards was actually a GBI informant. What people if if I get to tell the truth about all of this, what people will understand and they'll come to know is that people like Ed Edwards were not only connected to uh state law enforcement but they were actually connected to government projects so Mm. Ed Ed Edwards actually was a CIA operative and they had people uh, like Ed Ed Edwards you know about um, Kathy O'Brien in Kathy O'Brien's book she actually wrote about a man named Wayne Cox right that she had the baby from that was actually a CIA black ops killer Mm. you understand so when, when we look at that time and we understand the four-power movement, the process church, uh Jim Jones, Charles Manson, all of these things were concocted by the CIA.
3: That's crazy.
2: And what they wanted to do is they wanted to push a narrative that would separate society because at that particular time, because of everything that happened with the Vietnam War, the world was becoming more unified. People we're starting to see how much of a disparity it was between the commoner in America and the elite. And they saw a, a brother from Chicago going to die next to a white boy from Gulfport, Mississippi. You understand? And they knew that it was an unjust war and it was a war that was being fought to to, to pad the pockets of billionaires. So Um, When you go back and you look at what was taking place, it was a lot of white anti war movements. It was a lot of things, messaging in the music. And you had white people singing about the war just like you had Marvin Gaye singing about the war. You understand? And I know, fam, because Jimi Hendrix is my granddaddy's first cousin. They killed Jimi Hendrix because Jimi Hendrix had the respect of white America. And Europeans, but he also was about to get down with the Black Panthers. One of one of the one of the members of my family was actually a Black Panther.
3: Wow, I heard something you know? like that. Um, but uh, I know what I want to say now. Mike McComas, he uh, was one of the. What was he at GBI or FBI or something? Uh-huh. Also- uh Mike McComas, they also said that he he said that when he first stopped Wayne, he had a nylon cord. Okay, so yeah. if you talk somebody and you feel that that's that you need that evidence, where why wouldn't you take the cord the first time? Because he wasn't
2: even he wasn't even there that night. That shit is a lie. The only I agent that know. was there was a man named Agent Gilliland. It was Agent Gilliland, an Atlanta police uh detective. And then it was two recruits. It was only four people on the bridge that night.
3: So and they, they said they were sleeping. And they said they it'd be like fell asleep from time to time. So how the hell they know where hit the water? Yeah, man, it's it's all a lie, man. And
0: he yeah. would keep he would keep his murder weapon. Uh, on the seat next to him, you know, and and the police, yeah. he's talking to the cops. He'd be the dumbest fool in the history of dummies.
2: Yeah, um, you know? Steve, and they, and they wouldn't take it. <laughs> Steve just asked a real good question. He said, "Did Wayne have effective counsel?" No, he didn't, <laughs> because Wayne shouldn't have never took the witness stand, and that's what got Wayne. Yeah, um, married. <laughs> that's what got him prosecuted. And mm-hmm. if somebody now watch this, y'all. Mary Welcom was Wayne's attorney. Somebody on a high-profile case like that, their career is supposed to blow up after that. She disappeared in obscurity, and right now she's working for the state of Maryland in some sort of legal job for the state of Maryland. wow. Mm. And she was a plant. From, from my vantage point, she was a plant. And she ran the first attorney off. And she's the person that told Wayne, Wayne, you need to fight back. So that infamous day when Wayne is on the witness stand and Wayne is saying, you want the real Wayne Williams? I'm here. He did that based on the fact that his fucking lawyer told him to do that shit. That's why uh, I, Wayne to that's that's say, I went to prison because I was stupid. That's why he'll openly admit that. Because if he wouldn't have did that, they wouldn't have been able to prosecute him because they didn't have no no evidence. Mm -hmm
3: Nothing. So they was happy that he did that. But on the um Atlanta Atlanta Monster Monster podcast, they also said they had like all of these people. Uh Payne, what's his name? Payne Lindsay and Donald Albright. They had all of these people. It's like a 10 series podcast, and they had different people. One guy, Rodney, testified that Wayne of the guy that stopped him and was trying to kidnap him wasn't Wayne. Then you had another guy saying was Wayne, right? And he tried to kidnap him and his cousin, which I know they was paid on. Yeah. And then yeah. they had, yeah. Then they had some lady on. I think it was part six, like the end of part six. They said they had a news footage saying that it was a Clayton County woman and her husband that was driving, and they seen a tall, light-skinned man with glasses on and a wig and another short, darker man trying to kidnap a child in a car. They ain't never found this woman. They ain't never found her husband to even act They said it was a green car. So where the hell, where the hell is it? Right. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's crazy.
3: Yeah. All right. thank,
0: a, thank, a, thank, a, you thank you Mo- so Rock. much. Uh, thank you so much, Rox. Uh, um, yeah. Tiffany's about to jump in. Thanks for
5: sharing. Yeah.
0: All right, uh, Tiffany, go ahead and uh, grab the seat. Uh, you, you started to say something?
2: No, I thought uh, Shannon said she had a question.
4: Hold on one second.
0: Tiffany. All right, so uh, oh, here we go.
4: My sound was acting stupid, so I jumped out and jumped. I'm trying to hide my work ID because I just got off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Hey, Um, this case has been like the craziest things because my aunt, my aunt is deceased. My aunt has been deceased for years. She used to be a singer and she wanted Wayne to produce for her. That's why I asked about the, uh, his musical ties. Um, Wayne was definitely very talented, but to me, it just seems like even now there's something he's not saying. Mm -hmm. I do not believe that he killed those children at all. And it's like a running joke in Atlanta. Anybody that's from here, if you talk to the people that are the old heads, they'll be like, that man didn't kill those kids. Right. Right. But I think he was promised something. My aunt said two things strange about Wayne. He always had young boys around him. Mm -hmm. And she didn't think that was appropriate because here you have this grown man with all these boys. Right. Right. <laughs> out of his house all hours of the night. Right. And the thing, she came Wayne came to her house in the middle of the night. It may have been and this is part of my mom, because like I said, my aunt's deceased. My husband mm-hmm. deceased years. Wayne came to her house in the middle of the night, banging on her, her her door. It was like two or three in the morning. And he was like, I need to take the shower. I got mud all over me.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: It was like um no you you need to go somewhere. <laughs> right. You need to get away from my house and she just thought that was crazy. My aunt never thought he killed those kids. Yeah. But my aunt thought that he was either promised fame or promised something to right. have the kids around. Right. right. So right. though I don't think he killed those kids though he seemed ex- I know for a fact just from talking to people in my family that knew him. He's very intelligent. Yeah. He, he's not saying something. Right. Right. When, when we bring up Pizzagate and when we bring up the music industry, it, it's crazy. Because when you yeah. look, what I've noticed with these small record labels is that they will get these kids. They will get these kids and they will have them in the most horrific situation. Mm-hmm. They will draw up. Dope them up, put them in dangerous situations. Then when they die, guess who has an insurance policy on these kids? Mm-hmm. So right. say that it's, it's a, this case was a blueprint for Pizzagate and how they run their business. I truly right. believe that.
2: Right. Oh, well, one we of the not. things that one of the things that did happen that I can tell y'all about um is that when Wayne became a suspect. Uh, Tyrone Brooks, Hosea Williams, and Joseph E. Lowry came to his family house and they told Wayne and his dad that if he took a plea deal, a 10-year plea deal, that they would the SELC would give Wayne's family $1.5 million. And the the other thing that he had to do was he had to uh, select Ed Garland as his attorney. And sister, you from the city, so you you already know who Ed Garland is. Ed it's Garland, right. for the people who don't know, Ed Garland is the same person who got T.I. a year, you know, when T.I. was supposed to be buried because he had a silencer. And Fed cases carry mandatory guidelines. So, I'm sorry? Ten years. Yeah, yeah. And then he's the same person who got Ray Lewis off on the murder. Right? Now, watch this, y'all. Them high-profile people got off, but Mookie Blaylock is the same person who went to prison, and, and Mookie Blaylock had the same attorney. The reason being is because Mookie Blaylock wasn't making no white man no money no more, and that's what people have to understand. But in in the... Uh, the situation with Ed Garland. I'm gonna show y'all hey. how it works. And <laughs> I'm, I'm saying shit that I shouldn't be saying, but I'm I'm tired of these folks trying to suppress the shit that I know and trying to put other people in front of this movement. But um, I just said Ed Garland and they offered that money, right? The woman Mary Welcome that ended up being Wayne's attorney. Guess who she worked for before she became Wayne's attorney? Edgar, Ed uh, So that's why I tell people from the gate. Wayne don't agree with me on it, but you know it's a lot of shit that me and Wayne don't agree with, and me and him bump heads a lot. But you know, um, I ain't no sucker, and I don't care who. Like you, you can't, you can't manipulate me because I ain't no dummy. You know what I mean? And I'm a, I'm a stand ten toes on what I know to be the truth. But, um. I really think from the gate, Mary Welcome was a plant because she didn't she didn't do nothing effective to 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 be his attorney for real, and he shouldn't have never been on the witness stand. That's what people need to understand about the case. He shouldn't yeah. have never been on the witness stand. He all he had to do was um, let the, the the little people who they paid to say I saw him do this and I saw him with this person let them go on and say what they gonna say you know let let them try to say what they gonna say about this carpet five and everything else and then let his attorney you know give a defense but he took the witness stand and they used his ego against him you it's know?
4: definitely tied to this, this whole music thing that he's not saying definitely
2: <laughs> to this show music
4: thing He's not saying, and
2: oh, yeah. this, I don't even know why he's still holding on to this information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 to be honest with you, like, um, <laughs> it's certain certain stuff that I can't even say because if you know, oh, like with, with some of these people that's still alive, you know, like it's certain people that I know committed some of the murders, but I can't say their names because they're still alive. And it's it's really illegal for me to do that, you know. Um, but that's why like I could say Tom Terrell's name because he dead. I could say Jamie Brooks' name because he dead, you know. But the people who's still alive, I can't say nothing about them because they still living, you know, and it would be it wouldn't be um right for me to say that because I'm actually supposed to be representing Wayne Williams. If I wasn't representing Wayne Williams, it wouldn't hurt his case if I said it. But because I'm representing Wayne Williams, I've been advised by attorneys that I can't say certain things and I can't say certain names. But, you know, you write about what you're saying, you know. And the thing about it is um, what people got to understand is that Wayne was a Freemason, you know. And Wayne was recruited into the CIA Junior Officers Program out of high school. Wayne's uncle worked in the Defense Intelligence Agency, which is the government form of the CIA. So now when I tell people that it was actually people that were CIA operatives that was connected to this, one being Ed that was again, I can say his name because he did Ed. <laughs> right. But, you know, Ed Edwards going to go down as the most prolific serial killer in the history of this world if everything come out about him because the man who I interviewed, um, if y'all any of y'all seen that interview about Ed Edwards on um, YouTube, I'm the one who did that interview. And, and Buddy told me straight up, he think Buddy killed like 700 and some people. And wow. he was involved in the Zodiac murders. And the Zodiac Killer wrote the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and told him, y'all know y'all got the wrong man, don't you? Mm. You know? But it's it's a whole... Sister, it's a whole lot of shit I can say. You know what I'm saying? That,
4: I know I, way more than you think I do.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I'm pretty sure you do. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure you do. Most people that's in the city, like you said, they know a whole lot. You know, it's just that now that we got social media... They can't stop people from telling the truth about certain stuff, you know.
4: Yeah, they can't stop people from ending up murdered, like them sisters that tried to do the uh, stop the violence initiative. The mothers right. executed.
2: Right.
0: Um. There's another thing too that uh, they 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 touched on. It was a um, around the times of the Atlanta child murders. It was a uh, daycare where the boiler supposedly blew up and right. four people died. Did, boy, do you know anything boy. about? This? And Born Home.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, the KKK did that.
0: Okay.
2: They they put sure. a bomb, they put a bomb in the daycare in um uh one of the most um well known housing projects in Atlanta on Bankhead called Born Home. And um they blew they blew it up and you know, they got Mayor Jackson and some more, uh, you know, the city officials to get up there and do a song and dance and say that it was a boiler, but it was really a bomb. Yeah.
0: I Yeah, you know, if you just use your half a brain, these things start making sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, I want to thank you so much, Tiffany, for coming in. You know, uh, you. Uh, it's been a minute since we had a chance to
1: uh, talk to you. A,
2: a long minute. A hey, long minute. And, and Steve, <laughs> Steve asked me about the, the 25... Additional murder victims from the list. You know, I did a video about that. It's on um, my YouTube page, Steve. So I'll get that to you, bro. The the so
4: YouTube name. It's just the Wayne.
2: No, um, my my YouTube name is Kaba Ib Atun Ray. So that's actually my my spiritual attributes. I'll probably have to take. Well, I could actually put it right here for anybody.
1: Please do. <laughs> Yeah
0: cuz I was going to ask Shannon uh, uh uh can you um can you write that to me? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah can you ask you I'm like you been talking to you... I'm going to need it from you
2: yeah. my guy. Yeah, so You're I just a... put it on there. So that's my mm-hmm. my YouTube name right there. So I got a few videos about the Atlanta child murders up there. I got the interview that I did um I got pieces of the interview that I did with Emmanuel Williams. I got pieces of the interview that I did with Venus Taylor. Um, I got a couple of videos that I did on my Facebook live that I took off of Facebook and I, um, put them up on YouTube. And then also, I mean, the best thing to do is to find me on Facebook, to be honest with you, because that's where the most information is, um, on my Facebook page and the Wayne Williams Freedom Project. So anybody looking y'all could, um, I just put my name on there on Facebook, you know, for so anybody to find me
0: there. Let me say something too. So, so as I said, I was listening to a podcast and Dwayne was definitely uh, the person that was a standout. So I, I needed to find this brother. Right. So I put in your name. Uh, I wasn't quite sure how to spell it, you know, um, right. cause people spell it different ways and even Hendrix. Right. right,
5: right. Um,
0: so, but I was able to find the correct spelling of your name. And then uh but I, I wasn't able to find how to contact you. Right. And then I found your the uh Dwayne Williams um Freedom Project Facebook page. Right. And I normally don't try to book people through Facebook, right? Yeah. It's, it's very informal and it usually doesn't really work. Right. So but I said, you know what, I'm gonna take a shot in the dark. I messaged him and I think it was about four a.m. Uh, my time, Pacific time. Uh, he hit me back up and i was like oh shoot and i and i think i was uh, was i awake i might have been awake at that time um and then you know we had a brief conversation uh, text and then we talked uh, a couple of hours later and then boom that was what i think that was what monday yeah. was that monday or yeah it was pretty quick uh because i was planning on doing this i wanted to do this on friday because i wanted more time to get the word out and but you were going away so yeah wednesday this is actually even better this is perfect yeah. so um i want to um thank you so much we're running we're going to be running out of time here on get vocal okay. but um we before definitely we go <laughs>
2: before we go though i gotta i gotta plug like it's a lot of information in this book Red Pill Alchemy Volume 1 is 405 pages. It'll change your life if you read it, I promise you. I got some information in there about uh, the Atlanta child murders. And then this is the first book that I wrote, 444 pages, Supreme Science. And um, there's a lot of information in there as well. And it's not just about the Atlanta child murders. It's a lot of stuff that we need to know collectively in both of my books. And anybody who You know, I tell people ask me about donation. I don't want donation. Support my books. This is also a book that I wrote about my 12-year-old daughter now in um, 2014. And it's about a young girl learning to embrace her natural hair. So, you know. um, Yes! That's that's the support that I need. I don't do the donation thing because I don't believe in, in somebody just giving to me and not getting some in return. My grandma used to say, even swap ain't no swindle. You know what I mean? There you go. Yeah. All
0: right. So the, the red pill book, uh, can you hold that back up one more time?
2: Red um, pill alchemy volume one. So Queen uh if you, the matrix.
0: If you guys, if, if anybody in our chat room would like to uh have an opportunity to win that, print one in the chat. Let me get a one in the chat if you would like to uh uh Get an opportunity to okay. I, I need some more ones. Uh, come on now. In. Come, on. <laughs> come on now.
1: I mean, I was first.
0: Well, <laughs> oh, you're the co host, so, uh, it's the first so it's
1: the you know, I'll
0: get you. I'll, I'll, I'll just get you a book, Shannon. Okay, so this is what we're gonna do. Um, uh, we want to make sure that people were paying attention. So let me think of a good question to ask to see if, uh, and the first answer in the chat room, correct answer, will get the, um, the book. Let me see, what's a good one? Um, good question, to make sure they were paying attention. Uh, where is Venus Taylor? You need to complete the interview with her. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so let's see. Um, okay, I'll ask this question. Our guest, Dwayne Hendricks. How many books has he written? You can put it in the chat room.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And
0: and I'll let Dwayne say who the winner is.
2: Three people said three.
0: So that means Steve got it. He's the first. Okay. All right. So Steve, you are the winner. And I will get you your book. Uh, please email me. This is my email address. Uh, remind me, Steve, that you won and who you are, and uh, I will make sure that you get your books. You get your book.
1: Can't say since you buy yeah. me a book, can you buy me Ariel's Crown instead, please? Thank you.
0: Okay, I will definitely do that. So, I will definitely do that. So, you're missing out um, if
2: you get that one, uh, especially if you on a show like this. Hmm? You you need to get that red pill out, baby. You get no, it. I'm
1: gonna get Ariel's crown because I work with a lot of women, and there's something about the beauty of us appreciating. We're I fun, can get you back man. to that. Look, I can we- get back to that part later, but because of the line of work I do, that
2: book is important. Okay, and- we're gonna get you both
0: fun Ben. So, so- he's gonna get you red pill, I'm gonna get you Ariel's crown.
2: How about that? Hey, you just uh, you're a double winner, i I give y'all my address.
0: all right so uh we're we're gonna we're running out of time uh as far as the recording is okay um so uh i'm gonna start off with uh with you brother Dwayne. how can people get you in social media how can they get your books and what should we be on the lookout for for you in the future
2: um my books on amazon so the same name that i put in Dwayne hendrix is on facebook um that's how they find me on facebook i also have a website Uh, my website is uh, SupremeScience99.com I'll put it in here and they can go learn about some of the things that I write about I got a lot of uh, good articles up there that will help people understand a lot more about the stuff that I write Um, and like I said the books are on Amazon if I had that URL I would just put it in here but to the people who are already connected to me on social media, y'all just get at me, and I, you know, I shoot you the link. And if you wanna, um, if you wanna get a uh, autograph copy of the book, then that's a different process because I actually have to uh, put it in the mail to you. So, um, you know, but yeah,
0: uh, Shannon, how can we get you on social media and all that good stuff?
1: And I'm gonna ask Tiffany how we get her on social media. All
0: right. Uh, do you give out your social media, Tiffany?
1: Yeah,
0: oh, okay, my bad. How can we get you on social media?
1: You're, you're, no, you're, you're
0: a little uh, mysterious, though, Tiffany.
1: I
4: just be working, there is nothing mysterious about overtime.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How can we get you there?
4: Um, I think all of my social media handles are Sherelle rights right now. Shireen, oh, okay, the right? Like, I write on Twitter, on Instagram, and Facebook. It brings up my writing page,
0: all right. And these are writers, too, by the way. Yeah, uh, Dwayne, okay. Uh, Shannon, how can we get you?
1: Same old, same old Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Shannon, Ford, like the president, hyphen, Jefferson, like the president. And if you like poetry, Amazon.com for any of my five books. Baby, no books.
4: Dwayne, I don't know if you into poetry. I know we talk about Maybe. something different. Yeah. But when I say is A1, you will not be disappointed. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Okay. All right.
0: Thank you. Uh you can get me you can, can get me at Kente F on Twitter, uh, Kente Ferguson on Instagram, and of course the website is indieradio.org, indyradio.org. We've revamped it. Thank you, Jen, for hooking me up with the revamp. Yeah. And uh so uh this will be up on the site coming up very soon. But of course you can check out the replay here. Um with all that said, uh we we're gonna talk about doing a, uh a part two uh as soon as we can. And uh, you guys have a great rest of your week,
2: and God bless. Peace. Thank y'all.